Thank you for joining with us for another episode of Morning Briefings here on the Pipeline Intercession for the President and on our podcast. If you have any dreams that you have about the office of the president, please send them to pip at christiancentershreveport.com. We're so thankful that you all have joined in with us on this prayer journey, and we look forward to standing with you not only today, but in the days ahead. So with that, we'll go ahead and join today's broadcast as we talk about the news and stand on the wall for this nation and the office of the president. Good morning, good morning, everyone. Zach Arskaden coming to you live from North Carolina. And thank you for joining in with us wherever you are across this great country, across this great land, in praying for the office of the president. And today, we want to take a step back. And as we're going through this dire straits season where the enemy is more, enemy is more active, we want to take things a little bit personal today and making sure we're praying for what the Lord has called each of us individually to walk out as far as our own visions and our own destiny, as well as for the office of the president. And we want to focus today through scripture in 1 John chapter 5, and I want to read the first portion of this uh, passage of scripture uh, of how it's talking about overcoming the world. And we see here through scripture, starting in verse one, that says, whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And whoever loves the father loves the child born of him. But this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and observe his commandments. Love thy neighbor. And um, verse three, for this is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not burdensome. And this is the highlight we want to Focusing on today. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. And this is the thing. We want to today we want to focus in on pray despite you know the ramping up of COVID for certain individuals, and we'll get into that here in a second, and where the economy's at, is if if we're walking in the vision that the Lord has for us. We're walking in the destiny that the Lord has called us to is for whatever is, and if it's of God and if we're doing what the Lord tells us to do, it will overcome the world is we can be able to, to have that guiding light guide us through these situations to making sure that no matter how high inflation get, no matter how um, troubling the economy may, may get, is if we're being obedient to what the Lord has called us to do, He can guide us through. And that's why it's crucial that we keep our emotions in check. When we, we look at the news and, and any situation in life, being sober and aware, be angry but not yet sin, as um, Paul tells us, is our battles not in flesh and blood, but it's it, 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 in overcoming and pulling down strongholds. And so today we want to, throughout our journey uh, of the news, is pray for your personal uh, vision and destiny over yourself and hopefully this weekend of making sure you know we're staying in that right relationship with the Lord, of having Him through faith guide us into the steps we need to take. And, and this can be a season where we get pulled away as old things um, have started to arise that, that want to pull us back to our old nature 
as we're going from glory to glory, strength to strength, as we're we're making these advances of renewing our day, of getting in that right alignment with the Lord, we, we sometimes have to take a step back and say, okay, Lord, we submit ourselves to you um, and hoping that you know we don't fall away and praying and believing and making sure we take the right steps to to give ourselves the boundaries that are needed to be able to walk out the vision and the destiny that the Lord has over our lives and not be distracted with anything and everything that could be thrown our way. Um, so with that, I want to go ahead and, and uh, dive into the news as we, we look at that. Keep that our focus this weekend. Um, but let's be sober and aware about what's going on. And so yesterday we found out President Biden has tested positive for COVID despite uh, past claims that if you get the vaccine and et cetera. And the reason this is important is because we have to realize, okay, if this situation were to ever happen again and the, the FDA, CDC, WHO were ever to make claims again, is can they be trusted? And this is the, the sad thing about that situation is Biden said you can't get it if you get, get all this stuff, and he has. Now, personally, he seems to be doing well. He's going to continue working in the White House. Um, I mean, if you consider naps working, but he will be um, – taking Plaxivid and, and other oral medications to be able to um, overcome this. They are – the White House, and when asked about this, is not going to change up its COVID policy as far as masking, testing, um, contact tracing and stuff. They're going to do things as is, and they want to figure out where this came from. But it could have come from anywhere. He's president of the United States. He's seen a lot of people. He just came back from the Middle East. His body could be worn out with the time changes and everything. So – could this have possibly happened? Unfortunately, yes. Um, it happened to Trump. He came it when when he was president. Um, so he most likely could overcome it. Um, so he's there. And, and one thing we're seeing that's very interesting, something to follow, we've got to be sober and aware, is those who are vaccinated, boosted, double boosted, triple boosted, if they're able to, um, are the ones who are ultimately having the the new resurgence of COVID right now. There are others as well who are getting it. There's it, It's something that we're going to have to learn to live with, like the flu. And so it's just got to be sober and aware about these issues, about what's going on, and really doesn't change anything as the focus uh, for voters is on inflation, the coming midterms, campaigns, and things of that nature, which is a good segue into, if you saw the news last night, uh, Representative Lee Zeldin, who was at a campaign event for his gubernatorial race, was attacked on stage. And if it weren't for him, Holding off the fighter, the the individual, the attacker himself, uh, he probably would have been stabbed. They, they show um, pictures of a, a little little knife with a, a, a knuckle grip, um, and he was able to hold the wrist of the attacker long enough to be able to have somebody else come and help him. The reports are that they they thought he was coming up to like fix a flag or something, and then they realized, oh, he has a knife. And someone shouted, uh, he's not with them. And, uh, and it's just, that's sad to see. And everybody's condemning it. Um, it wasn't until this morning that left-wing news sites started to actually say something about it, which is kind of interesting. A 
gubernatorial candidate in, in one of the nation's largest states uh, gets attacked and nothing said from those on the left. And it kind of happened rather early in the evening, especially the East Coast. Um, something somebody on the West Coast should have said something about it, reported about it, is there's enough information out there. So um, quite alarming to see there. And, and when we saw the events that happened in Japan with the assassination of the former prime minister, as we were warned about prophetically, this spirit of assassination coming and spreading across this, the world, really, not just um, Japan, but elsewhere. And so we would really want to pray against that in this season as more campaigns come up in this season of dire straits. That would just have death to those um, seeds there that, that would try to come up in uh, this season, the basilisk spirit, and, and making sure that, you know, those who need to be walking out with the Lord and their destiny, uh, that they have the ability to. And look, Lee Zeldin, unfortunately, made an improper vote. Uh, we believe on a moral grounds, especially for uh, somebody in his stance, but obviously he's thinking about the long term of his state. So uh, very interesting there. And um, we have seen a few votes that we want to be aware of in the House that are quite interesting and quite alarming. So uh, Representative Mike Johnson from Louisiana put a bill on the House floor aimed at protecting and condemning violence um, and vandalism targeted to pro-life groups and churches nationwide, as we've seen the rise of attacks on churches and pro-life centers, uh, care pregnancy centers across this country, start to increase ever more. And there is crickets, crickets um, from politicians who disagree with them. This is, I mean, you could call it hard totalitarianism, but this is soft totalitarianism where this is the underlying belly of the beginning stages of total government anarchy, but more so the implementing stages of fear and Marxism as if you don't agree with us, we're going to do this. And it could potentially bring fear upon people who would oppose and think differently, as is the same issue for attacking Supreme Court justices, and now they're going towards their neighbors. And this vote was just really to condemn it, of say, hey, do you agree with this or not? And uh, Democrats were silent on this, which is very, uh, very troubling. And nothing was being said. And um, Chip Roy from Texas says, in saner times, this resolution would have passed unanimously. But now, even the simplest idea of standing up for those who assist expecting mothers with diapers, baby formula, and other necessities has something that my Democrats colleagues cannot support. And that's really sad. It's He goes on to say, he says, it's sad, but not remotely unexpected. And ultimately I'll pray for them. Um, very, very, very troubling in these times to see that. And also it's causing fodder um, even within the Republican party as there's other issues as well. So um, unfortunately in this day and age, this is where we're at. And, and, and we want to be aware of, of where our politicians are standing on this, on these votes. Because um, this is from the House floor of saying, hey, we agree with this. We don't agree with this. Whatever the case may be is is, is 
this is where the Democratic Party is. They're okay with violence. Um, and this is sad and unfortunate. There is also a bill recently, uh, yesterday, to quote-unquote protect access to contraceptives. Um, and what they're defining contraceptives are, are oral oral and emergency medications, um, interuterine devices, and condoms. So they want to protect people from being able to have access to that, even though um, even Clarence Thomas was not necessarily going after that in his statements in the Dodds, uh, overturning of Dodds and, and Roe. He was just saying that, look, we need to look at the legal cases as to why certain cases were ruled, not necessarily that we want to come after it. And plus, no politician senator or congressman or woman alike is considering going after these. And the reality is on these votes is, and, and I, this is put out very clearly from Florida representative uh, Kat Kamek, who said, first, this bill is completely unnecessary. In no way, shape, or form is access to contraceptive limited or at risk of being limited. Uh, the liberal majority is clearly trying to stoke fears and mislead the American people once again because in their mind, stoking fear clearly is the only way that they can win. There's some truth to that, but then it's also is, is okay, what they're trying to misdirect from is the economy, things of that nature. And I, I think with where the economy is at, that's not something that people are going to easily forget because <laughs> it's a reminder every day they, they drive, go to work, uh, go to the grocery store, go out to eat, do anything, uh, try to take vacations during the summer, and they're unable to or, or have to limit things back because of the rise of inflation. Um, so it's very interesting to see here. Now, this vote has – it's dead – It's every major pundit and, and news article, news agency is saying this is dead on arrival when it gets to the Senate because this is just a symbolic vote. It really means nothing, and that's exactly what it is. This is a, a waste, waste of time uh, vote for them to even consider this, but it's campaign season, so you have to do things that are – uh, in the court of public opinion, the proper thing to do. Now, when we get towards continuing to pray for the um, on the gay marriage act that's before the Senate, is there are several Republicans who are people to keep in mind as we're praying, and if you live in these states, um, to reach out and to consider praying for it. And Louisiana is one of those because. Um, Bill Cassidy is being considered a potential yes vote on this issue. The reason that this is important is because I'm going to bring this article up here from the Hill that there are three Republicans who say they will go for it. Obviously, Susan Collins, who has backed it, uh, co-sponsored the bill. Uh, you also have Rob Portman, who is now co-signing on the bill. And unfortunately, in my state, North Carolina, Representative uh, Senator Tom Tillis, who said he will probably vote for it. Now you have um, the reason. The reason that's important is because if you had every Democrat, they have to pass the sixty vote threshold. They're most likely not going to do um, a removal of the filibuster on this issue because, again, Joe Manchin and Kirsten Cinema have been a hard no on this, even though they support this issue. So you have three. You need seven more. If you have every Democrat. Um, John Cornyn of Texas, Lindsey Graham, and um, Ted Cruz of Texas are all hard nosed. There are other hard nosed as well. And so there's an, about another seven to eight names that are 
up in the air. What's interesting is the fact that uh, Mitt Romney is saying, well, there's other bills and laws in place that really take care of this. There's no need for this bill. Um, quite interesting to see that. And then you have names. I want to get to these here who are people to be very mindful of and who to pray for. Mitt Romney is someone to pray for. I, I mean, he's kind of all over the map. He may or may not vote for it. He'll look at it if, if it comes to the floor. Uh, Joni Ertz of Iowa said she's open to it. Um, retiring Roy Blunt, and it's amazing. It's considered another, another potential yes vote. Uh, he says, I'm looking at it. Um, other Republicans viewed as possible supporters are Senator Bill Cassidy, Pat Toomey of Pennsylvania, Richard Burr of North Carolina, Shelley Moore Capito of West Virginia, and Mike Rounds of San Diego. Two, three, four, five. So about five, six. Uh, here's five here. There's six. There's seven right there. These seven names right here from um, Joni Erst, Roy Blunt, and these five down here, Bill Cassidy, Pat Toomey, Richard Berg, Capito, and Mike Rounds, are people to be very mindful of if you live in these states. Uh, make your voice be heard. Call them. Email them, their offices, and tell them, no, we do not want to vote for this. And um, one thing that's very interesting is that it most likely will not come to the floor um, very soon. It may They may wait later. The later they wait, the better for the Democrats on the campaign side to cause more confusion and to again stoke fear for the growing LGBTQ community within the Republican Party. Um, that is a massive movement. They have attached themselves. The Republican Party has partnered with that, and it is very, very troubling uh, because if we're we're going to sit here and call out the discrepancies within the Democratic Party. How and, and call out the immorality of the Democratic Party. How can the Republicans say anything when there is a lack of a moral standard um, even amongst themselves? And the troubling thing is that you're even seeing this amongst the church. And this is a good thing to a degree is that there are court cases now involved with property disputes on the separation of more than 100 Florida churches who are fleeing the United Methodist Church over LGBTQ issues. So when these churches are considering leaving, in the case of the United Methodist Church, some, not all, of the properties um, were paid for and bought by the denomination and put in a trust under the denomination's name so that local church doesn't ultimately own them. The bigger umbrella organization does. So when a church considers this is they either have to pay back the United Methodist Church to get their building back, or they have to go find another building because they don't have the funds to pay for it, or the United Methodist Church will not sell to them, whatever the case may be. And there's a court case involving that. And But to note that there's um, 100 churches in Florida, and there are others in other states. I know you have – I want to go through this. Um, and, and what's interesting about this is you're seeing a split through other states as well on this type of issue of supporting LGBTQ issues from the denominational doctrine of the United Methodist Church. And so when we see the votes on the House floor, we're saying, well, why would this person do it when they say they stand for certain values? Well, 
we see really wise. They were just saying that to get an office partially, but also as a fact of is, is we, and, and Todd Drahan talked about this, is we in the church have to deal with our stuff first. We have to repent of this stuff. We have to deal with this stuff um, within the church. And so you're seeing not only in Florida, I have a hundred churches, but you're also seeing in Georgia, churches leave as well. In Arkansas, 35 churches have left out of 634 members. Um, that's Arkansas. There was another, Tennessee had 60 churches leave. Don't really know the total number um, there. And I do know this is that internationally, the African churches who were a part of the United Methodists are leaving as well because they're like, you guys are crazy. Like, this is not what, number one, you taught us. And even the doctrine of the United Methodist Church in their quote unquote called Book of Disciplines talks about this um, and calls out this as a sin. So this is this is quite alarming of not only does the Bible say it, but their own internal doctrines uh, dispute these, these claims. So we want to continue to, number one, pray for the church to repent. Uh, we ourselves want to repent for being involved in this. If, you know, if we've ever been involved with these churches and then stood for these things and given, um, repent for the church's involvement in this and, and pray that the, the veil be removed, but also let's continue to intercede for both, both parties, representatives in the house and the Senate, Senate to have the fear of the Lord when deciding and voting on things next. And to continue to, their, to support the original intent of this nation, which is to have a nation that is a nation that spreads the gospel of the kingdom to the nations, which means we need to have some biblical moral values uh, of the guiding light within this nation. And so I want to close on that is as we're hopefully this weekend, you can take some time of praying for your own personal vision and your own personal destiny in, in reliance um, upon 1 John 5, 4 of what the Lord has called us to do in this season ahead and making sure we're focused and ready come August uh, once we get out of this dire straits uh, for what the Lord has called us to, not only just for praying for the office of the president, but for our personal ministries and visions as well, our personal destinies, make sure that we're continuing in the season ahead to walk forward in a deeper relationship with the Lord, to be able to be that light to be able to be that those people who are spreading the gospel of the kingdom to the nations. And then the defining definition of a nation is another family, because that's really what a nation is, is a, it's a different family. And so even being loving to your neighbor who is of a different family is therefore spreading the gospel of the kingdom to the nations. So you don't have to travel internationally to be able to spread the gospel of the kingdom to the nations. You can do it in your own backyard. And so hopefully you guys have a great rest of your weekend. Don't forget we have uh, noon prayer. Today is closing out as Miss Charlotte Mershbrock closes out this week and, and really helps us uh, reminding us of some basics that we need to continue to stay aware of uh, now and in the season ahead. So uh, blessings, and I will see you guys later. Have a good one.